What's up everyone and welcome to episode 44 of the Just an Insight podcast. We are officially on the rundown to Christmas, which if you think about it, is pretty crazy. This year has just absolutely flown by. Um, for those who do not know me, my name is Tim Birkbeck. I am a writer, I am a lover of films, music and wrestling. But most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Uh, as always, I'd like to give you a little rundown of what I've been up to. Not sure if anyone cares, but... It's my podcast, I'm going to do what I want, basically. Um, but in all honesty, haven't really done anything massively exciting this week. Uh, went and saw Exit Order in Brighton on Saturday, which was, was loads of fun. Um, if you're unaware of their work, go check them out, I highly recommend it. Um, it was cool, it was in the Cowley Club where I did my, my first show with the divorcee, and it was... Uh, I went with my brother and the drummer of my band, um, and we were just kind of discussing, it's cool that basically if you haven't been to the Cowley Club it's kind of like a uh, anti-fascist kind of speakeasy cafe kind of thing um but it's really cool that, that a place like that exists in Brighton for sort of like little punk DIY shows it was really busy and like everyone was kind of feeling the vibe of the room so yeah that was that was really cool um somehow managed to get the majority of my Christmas shopping done as well which is completely unlike me I usually leave it all to the last minute but yeah pretty happy with that um, yeah, but that's kind of all I've been up to, really. Um, I have just come back from band practice whilst... No, not whilst I'm recording this, because that would be weird. Finished band practice, now I'm recording this. Um, but we were kind of discussing... Like, we've been sort of writing stuff recently, but we kind of sort of started discussing what our, our plans for 2018 are. So I'm going to be a bit selfish and kind of do a bit of a self-plug. So if there are any promoters out there that would have us along for a show... Uh, please get in touch with us uh, or just check us out in general um, go to facebook.com forward slash the divorcee uh, or you can email us the divorcee at outlook.com uh, one final little push I'm going to give is for this very show um, we're, we're approaching a year since since the launch of the Justin Inside podcast um, for those who do not may not necessarily know this started as initially as my little blog for my writing and then I realized I wanted to get into podcasting uh so it's kind of elevated from there but I do want to put carry on pushing it and get it onto bigger and better things so if you're listening to this on iTunes please hit the subscribe button give us a little rating give us a little review really means the world and if you're listening on SoundCloud we're, I'm trying to sort of get things going on other platforms maybe sort of Acast and things like that I don't, I'm not really sure yet YouTube I did I just haven't had the time but I will get everything up on YouTube by the beginning of 2018 that is my plan but yeah if you're on other various platforms please share it around it really really means the world to me um right let's get straight into to this week's episode um and my guest this week is uh sect guitarist Scott Krause uh sect have just released their the new full-length No Cure for Death, which is fucking amazing. Um, I was a massive fan of the band anyway. Like, regard we get into it in the conversation, but regardless of the calibre of people that are in this band, their music is just phenomenal. Um, so it was a real pleasure to, to talk to Scott. Uh, we obviously talk about the new record. Uh, we discuss the band's kind of ethos, sort of like using uh, it as a platform to discuss their politics and and other sort of various means like animal rights and so on and so forth we discuss what it means for them all being vegan straight edge I, i'm not vegan but i am straight edge so it was really cool to kind of talk to someone about what why they're straight edge and why they believe in 
in it so passionately so that was something i really enjoyed as well um i'm gonna stop babbling on now and just let you guys enjoy this because i really enjoyed it and i think it was a great chat so please sit back relax enjoy the chat i have with scott kraus and i will see you on the other side Uh, cool. So, uh, joining me this week on the Justin Inside podcast is uh, guitarist of Sect, Scott Kraus. Um, Scott, thank you very much for joining me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm very, very well. Very cold here in England, but I'm, I'm imagining it's probably the same over there in the states. It's getting there. Yeah. yeah. I'm in the sa- I'm in the south. I live in North Carolina. So oh, okay. It's a little bit more. It's a little bit more mild, but. For my blood, it's a little cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, first and foremost, you got to say congratulations on No Cure for Death. It's an absolute banger of a record. Um, obviously, it's been out just over a week now. So, so have you had a chance to kind of sit back and take it all in? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, we're we're seeing some real positive reviews and stuff, which I'm a little surprised. You know, I I. Uh... We did a record, you know, a self-titled, self-released album last year, and that that did pretty well by our standards. I mean, um, but yeah, this one's getting a lot more, like, reviews and a lot more attention. I guess that's what happens when you have a label behind you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's been great. Like, very positive. Uh, uh, every once in a while, I don't know, we'll get the review comparing us to the Trap Them or Nails or something over and over again, which is... But usually they're not even bad. It's just that's the comparison that they go to over and over. Yeah. Slightly annoying. Slightly <laughs> annoying, but uh, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, as oh, we'll get into the the album a bit more detail in a minute, Scott. But as I mentioned before, I hit the record button. Um, the show is called Justin Insight, so I like to kind of uh, take band members kind of back to the origin of the band. So if you can give us a, an insight into how uh, sects kind came to form because obviously a lot of people know the bands that you were in prior to sect but maybe not know how this collective came together so how did everything start um yeah it is actually a pretty interesting story so like andy our drummer um he filled in uh for earth crisis on a tour right and um we had been you know just chatting a bunch on the tour and he he was he had mentioned how he had never been in a full like vegan straight edge band and how he really wanted to do like you know a, a band that where everybody was vegan and straight edge in the band and and i was like oh man you know we can we can definitely make that happen and um so from there andy and i had talked over the next like two years or so and I, what came to be sect went through a lot of you know variations it sounded very different uh, you know we did demos at one point with another singer uh, but it was a very different band at that point. Yeah. And then I had I had met um, uh, Jimmy, our other guitar player, um, as well, as, same way as Andy. He was filling in for Earth Crisis on a tour. Okay. And, um, and I said, you know, I mentioned it to him, and he was like, oh, I'd love to be involved in that. And once he got in the mix, he really kind of steered it in a in the direction that sex is now. And the, the problem that we had been having is, we didn't want it to sound like, you know, Earth Crisis Part Two or, 
Race Trader Part 2 or anything that we had done or, you know, previously been known for. We, we really wanted it to kind of stand on its own merits and, and be a unique thing, you know? Mm. So uh, we, when we mentioned that to Jimmy, he was like, oh, all right, what if we, what if we were maybe a little bit more punk? And, and um, you know, he actually brought up the idea of using the, eight, the, the guitar sound that we have, which every, why everybody compares us to nails and, yeah. and, and, and trap them and stuff, you know? He was like, why don't we use the, the, you know, the Boss HM2 pedals? You know, just because that, we chose that just because it really differentiates us from our other bands that we've all done, yeah. you know? And obviously you mentioned kind of it wanting to sort of be a, a standalone thing, but obviously when the buzz behind sects kind of originated, obviously every kind of press outlet tagged it with members of Earth Crisis, members of Cursed, members of Fallout Boy and so on and so forth. But yeah. for for me like this is this is going to sound kind of f- fanboyish, but I instantly grabbed what you guys were doing. I was like, "No, okay, it's got these members in it, but I fucking love it. It's its own thing." But do you, does it kind of frustrate you that even now two albums in that people are still saying, "Oh, featuring members of Earth Crisis, Andy from Fallout Boy." Cuz for for me, I I see Sect as its standalone project. So does that frustrate you as an insider? Um, I mean, I think we all realize it's going to come with the territory, you know. I but yeah, I think I hope that as it, as it goes on, like people take Sect, you know, a little bit more seriously and have it stand on its own because um, that's you know this this is where we all are now and and this is the band that honestly we all are focusing on. I mean. I still play with Earth Crisis, and and technically Burning Love has not broken up. You know, Chris still does Burning Love, and Jimmy plays with Catharsis sometimes, but Sect is like, you know, what all of us do, you know, mainly, except for Andy, obviously, if all <laughs> yeah. boy comes first. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it doesn't, I, I don't think it frustrates us. I think we all expected it, but I think we all just hope to see that maybe die out maybe the next time around a little bit with press and stuff, yeah you know? and obviously as i mentioned kind of wanted to kind of go back to to the beginnings of things so when the the self-title came out obviously for considering how um no cure for death sounds there's a there's a bit more of a roughness to the to the self-titled but when you kind of wrote and recorded that and and released it into the world I don't mean this in a in a critical way, but was it kind of this is a passion project and we'll just see what happens, or was it always the the thought of putting the record out and then just pushing Sect as hard as you could? Yeah, I mean, we all knew that we wanted to give it everything that we had. You know, we wanted to do a real band, and and um, I mean, kind of answering your other the previous question as well. I, I think that's maybe what's frustrating is that. Uh, about people just constantly listing us as our, you know, we're in all these other bands and stuff, because I think that tends to come off like we want to ride off those and we just want to, we just want to put this record out there and not really try. And we're not a real band. It's just something that we're hoping and see if it sticks, Mm. you know, but that's not, no, that's not really it at all. I mean, you know, we play house shows and, you know, we go out and, you know, play for, 20 people sometimes and other nights it's 150 people you know so um we're doing it like a real band you know and it is a, it's very much a real band you know we 
we rent vans and sleep on floors and you know do all do all the stuff that we've all been doing for 20 years so um yeah i mean and that was always the idea you know the idea when we when we decided to do this we were like hey we're gonna go play shows and um we're gonna do it you know you know we told everybody like there will be times when you have to sleep on somebody's floor you know is everybody cool with that and everybody was is on board we're all on the same page that we're adults but we're going to give it as much time as we possibly can yeah and obviously i think from the kind of time space between the self-titled and uh, no cure for death is quite quite a quick turnover so and obviously the as i've already mentioned the sound between the two is quite different as i say the the self-titled is sounds a lot sort of rougher and grittier whereas obviously no cure for death has a bit of more of a, a cleaner distinctive sound that you, as you mentioned you can kind of pick up that hm2 sound in it so yeah. was it again was that something that was it just a case that you had the material written or was it a case that you wanted to sort of put the first record out and then kind of ride off that momentum almost i think we i, I think what happened was i mean we put the first record out and then we started playing a bunch of shows and we went to Europe and played a, a festival over there and um, played a bunch of, you know, bigger fests here and a bunch of headlining shows. And we just all really had a blast. Like, we were having a great time with it. And I think we just got really motivated to, like, let's do another one, you know, like, let's do another record. And, and so we, uh, we just kind of started writing about six months after the other record came out. Mm. And um, Andy started, things started happening with Ball Out Boy and, and, so we, I wouldn't, I don't want to say rushed, because I don't think feel like we rushed the songs or anything. But we were, we were, there was a sense of urgency to get it recorded before he had to start touring with Fall Out Boy. So, um, you know, we we, and, and this kind of, you know, this band for us, it's supposed to be a little bit more raw and a little bit like, you know, more on the punk side of things than anything that I think most of us have done, except Chris. Yeah. Sort of in Chris's. We, sort of in Chris's wheelhouse a little bit, but for like Jimmy and, and myself and Andy, um, uh, it's a little different, you know? So we're able to, rec- you know, we're, we're used to recording for like a month or so if, if we can. And, uh, with this band, it's kind of like going and pretty much knock it out live. So, you know, we were able to do it and do it well quickly because I think that suits the band. But I think mainly the reason we did record number two so quick was just because we were excited. You know, we, we went out and started playing a bunch of weekends, and it just felt awesome. It, it felt like we were teenagers again, you know? Mm. So it, it just, I, I think the motivation kicked in, you know, like, oh, let's do another one. And uh, Greg at Southern Lord uh, had worked with Chris in the past with Burning Love, and he reached out and was like, hey, do you guys, if you guys want to do something else, we'd love to do it. So we jumped at it. Here we are now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned obviously the the kind of more um, sort of punk sort of ethos to to the band, and that's something that that I think I I personally really picked up on, and it's kind of resonates within your within um, Chris's lyrics, uh, but also kind of your uh, outward perspective as a band that that kind of some of the content that you're putting maybe that isn't necessarily band related, but sort of sort of political beliefs and so on and so forth has that kind of punk ethos ingrained in it so do you feel that because i think if you look at hardcore punk in general nowadays like 
the the sort of newer bands that are coming through maybe don't necessarily have that message to tell so w- without this kind of sounded like you're the old guard but because you've got that experience do you feel that with sect it gave you that opportunity and that platform to to be more vocal about issues yeah definitely i mean and that was that was part of the idea from the get-go as well you know we um we see that you know that that same thing that you mentioned like a lot of the, the newer like younger bands it seems to be like you know when we grew up you know i mean here we go sounding like the old men you know but it's true it's like <laughs> yeah. when we grew up it's like i mean you know all almost all like punk and hardcore bands had had a political edge to them or were saying something i mean you know when i was a kid i think like the first like punk bands i got into were like dead kennedys and the exploited and and um i mean those those bands were all very political you know um and uh i mean whether you agreed with what they were saying or not i mean they were they were speaking out on you know government and things like that so as a as a 13 year old kid i mean i think that just ingrained in me like this yeah. is what this is what punk and hardcore music is. It's like, it's it's against the system. It goes against, it goes against the grain, you know? Mm. Whereas, like, it, it, lines are a bit blurred these days, you know? It, it, it seems like there are those bands, for sure. There's bands still doing that. But then there's a lot of, like, these, uh, you know, I, I, make, I make finger quotes, you know, like hardcore bands that yeah. are just, they're, they're in it, they're in it for the term, but they don't really have the heart, you know what I mean? Like, mm. They don't. They don't get it. They get the sound, but they don't get the the ethics behind it or the you know the lifestyle. Yeah. You know? and, I, and I, I think that's kind of our thing. Like we're trying to, you know, maybe instill hopefully and carry the torch for this this type of music that we all that shaped who we are as adults and that we'd like to see continue in this way. You know, I mean, every band when, when I was younger had you know, had politics to them. And now it's like, I see a lot of it in the reviews that we get, like, you know, a lot of comments like, oh, I love how it sounds, but man, keep politics out of music and stuff. And I'm like, I mean, I don't, that that just doesn't even make sense. To me. <laughs> yeah, politics yeah. Should absolutely be in punk and hardcore music. I mean, that's what it's about. If not, then, it, then it's just mainstream music at this point. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that, di- that's what differentiates us, you know, a band like, you know, I don't know, a band like Earth Crisis from a band like Pantera. Yeah. You know? I well, mean, that's the difference, you know? Well, because like, even, even like when I was sort of younger, go, like going to, to shows over here in the UK, like when sort of American hardcore bands sort of came over here, like something that I was always resonated with and, and was drawn to, but maybe not necessarily the the politics side of things, but if if their their vocalist was... was like between songs would stand on stage for maybe like two three minutes and and have a message to tell like that for me that's what hardcore was about like giving a message like telling your beliefs wearing your beliefs on on your sleeve sort of thing whereas like nowadays especially here in the uk i don't know what it's like in the states but it just seems to be a lot of bands down tune as low as they can go and play as heavy as they can go and that's kind of the end of it sort of thing yeah yeah it's become more of a uh yeah it's become more of like a fashion and a and a sound rather than a lifestyle you know Mm. and there's a whole there's a whole lifestyle i think that comes with you know punk and hardcore and it it is i mean it's it's being an outsider i mean that's 
that's what draws us all to this music in the first place, I think, is not being the cool kids at school, you know, not 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 fitting in, you know, with everybody else. And, and, and Or maybe maybe you even did fit in, but at some point you realize, like, I don't really want to fit in. That, you know, these people are all just mindless, you know, robots all just following each other down this hole, you know? And it's like, that's what that's what this scene is about. That's, that's what we're all here for. And that's mm. why, you know, that, that's what... That's the beauty of the whole thing is that, you know, it's a bunch of misfits getting together and making their own world, you know? Mm. And and uh, I don't know, I feel like without that, it's just real hollow and it can it, it might as well be pop music, yeah. which I have no problem with. I enjoy, I enjoy some pop music, but I mean, you know, not, not hidden as hardcore punk, you know? Yeah. And obviously, talking about sort of like politics and hardcore stuff, I think it's hard to avoid the subject especially when you're talking to when i'm talking to bands from the states but obviously at the moment the political climate in the states at the moment is very very hot very toxic with with trump and everything like that and obviously over here even today in the uk he's all in the news for for tweeting stuff from britain first and so on and so forth so do you feel that uh, not that it's it's planned but do you feel that the timing for sect right now is perfect because of how hot the political time it is. Yeah, I mean, it seems a little coincidental, for sure. And I was about to say, like, you know, our our politics are, are intertwined with what's going on right now. Yeah. Because of what, you know, the idiot that we have as a president <laughs> you know, did, you know? I mean, unbelievable, you know? It, it's, it's really hard to believe that, <laughs> that somebody could be so uh, ignorant and and just carefree, you know, with with the with his choice of tweets. And yeah. And of course, that's laughable as his preferred method of communication, anyway. You know, but um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I like to think, and I and I I say this, and I know that unfortunately, it's, sadly, it's not true. But I like to think that sect isn't really. I like to think that sect is preaching to the choir. Yeah. You know, because I'd like I'd like to think that. The things that we say, people in the hardcore punk, and even in the metal community, would just say, "Of course, of course," you know, because I mean, we're not saying we're not necessarily saying anything too controversial in our community, you know. I mean, these things have been said over and over, and, and while Chris says, says them, I think a lot more eloquently than a lot of people do. He's saying a lot of similar things that have, that have been said over the years, you know. Yeah. Um, but. Sadly, yeah, I think there are, I'm, I'm finding out that there are a lot of people that, you know, have these, uh, you know, I guess right-wing conservative views that are involved in, in our world that I was naive, I suppose, before. I, I just, I always just took it for granted that, and I think the majority are on our side, you know, yeah. but, um, but yeah, it, it's surprising to me. You know, <laughs> every time I see somebody and I'm like, are you, you know, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, if you're, you know, if you if you grew up just believing everything your parents told you and all that, you know, just conservative horseshit, then like, what led you? What appealed to you about hardcore and punk music? Yeah. You know, because I mean, nothing about it is is conservative. I mean, of course, there are those fringe bands that everybody knows that I won't even name. You know that have had that, you know, but I mean, the, for the most part, I mean, it's like, come on, you know, <laughs> you know it's like, 
everybody everybody knows what you're getting into if you go to a punk and hardcore show. It's yeah. A liberal, progressive idea, you know? And, oh, sorry, go on. There are those people, but there are those people that, you know, with all this, that, it, that it, they feel emboldened and empowered by this administration that we have right now. And, and, you're, and I'm surprised to see certain people come out in defense of, you know, this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, as, as I mentioned, like, obviously, it's not to the same extent here, but there's obviously a lot of political unrest with, with the government that we've got here at the moment as well. Obviously, not to the same extent with Trump, but I think a lot of... T- when we had our, our last election, there was a lot of people that were hoping that a different government would come into power. And I think a lot of people in the punk DIY sort of community were, were kind of behind driving that and it did kind of show in in our polls because they're they're obviously the government we've got now are no longer the majority sort of leadership but there's still that like every so often you'll see things in the news and you're like how are these people even in power just like it just doesn't make sense kind of thing right yeah i'm really hoping that what we're seeing is like you know the a last you know failed attempt you know the dying breath of of this kind of thinking, you know, yeah. I, I think that's a little optimistic, unfortunately, but I mean, it just seems like, I don't know, I, I, it's, I, word, I, I find, I have a hard time finding words because <laughs> it's just, it's so unbelievably ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. that that, you know, and, and I think that you, you kind of hit it, it, you know, when you were just talking about your last election, I think that's what happened here, I think, you know, there's this, there's this, you know, mass of people that, understand now like we all understand that government's corrupt yeah it's not a secret anymore you know and so i think there's this this idea that be in there that's gonna change the game and i think that's how i think that's how trump won because he appealed to that idea but you know there was a real uh i don't know there, there was a people weren't paying attention or they just I'm hoping that it was people weren't paying attention because I'd, I'd hate to think that people actually believe in the hate speech yeah. that he very openly promotes, you know? Yeah. And so, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I, hope, I, hope we, I hope we can all talk about it in four years and go, wow, that was, uh, that was weird. You know? But, <laughs> yeah. You know? I, think... I, can't be, I can't be so sure. After this, I mean, I, can, I think anything could happen. That's how I feel now. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I never thought in a million years that this would we'd be having this conversation right now. No, you well, to, to put it in perspective, a friend of mine um, put a bet on for, for the next presidential election that Dwayne The Rock Johnson's going to win it. So I think that's as oh, all, really. I would love that. that <laughs> I mean, it would be amazing for so many reasons. I'm a fan, you know, first and foremost. But then secondly, it, it would just it, it would just paint the whole thing as the clown show that it is. Yeah. You know? It's just like sure why don't we just get all these celebrities in there and you know it's like yeah i don't know the power <laughs> of celebrity goes a long way i mean i think that that's partly what carried trump into the office as well yeah you know? but, but um, who knows i don't know it's, gro- <laughs> it's gross it's definitely gross <laughs> but, it's embarrassing Yeah.
but um, something else that I wanted to kind of talk to you about, Scott, is something that you brought up at the beginning was the the idea of um, sex being a straight edge vegan band, and I, I'm I'm not vegan, but I am straight edge. So, um, so something that I wanted to kind of talk to you about was why that you, because from again for me, I feel like there's not that many out and out clear sort of straight edge bands around as there was sort of five ten years ago anymore so why do you do you feel that that message was so important to to push not only because obviously all the members of the band have those beliefs but obviously it's very outward in your in your lyrics and just even in your aesthetic because obviously you've got the xvx on your on your logo sort of thing so i just wondered wondered why you felt that was so important um i mean i think i think for us you know at the at the age that we're at and the, and the you know the the lives that we've all led i mean i think for us it's it's just important you know to i think you know first part of that is there's not many bands that are promoting it and i yeah. think we you know we grew up in an era where there were quite a few bands there's a lot of younger bands that are coming up now like we just played um uh some west coast shows with a band called wake of humanity that are a vegan straight edge band and safe and sound from seattle a vegan straight edge band and there's there's a few others. There's a band I think from Southern California called Rain. Okay. And, um, but um, and so there's a you know there's definitely like some up and coming bands. But I think for us, I mean, I, it's just been something that has been um, a huge impact on our lives in a positive way. Mm. You know, I mean, um, I, I think all of us have similar stories where you know we all feel like if we didn't find hardcore at the time in our lives when we did, and, um, you know, our lives would be very different, you know, like, if we didn't have scenes that promoted a drug-free lifestyle, and, uh, you know, and then from that, a vegan lifestyle, I mean, our lives would be very different and not in positive ways, you know, I, I grew up in a, I came from a, a very toxic background of drug abuse, and my father was a drug dealer, and, you know, I know Chris has similar situations, Jimmy has similar situations. So I think, you know, I think for us, like, hardcore really set us on a path that, um, you know, really helped us become better people. And I, and I think that, you know, like, having lived that life for so long, I mean, we, I guess, want to present that opportunity to to other people as well. Mm. Like, hey, there's, there's other choices here. You know, there's... Um, and it's weird because, like, you know, I, I see some blowback a little bit like lately from people talking about you know on I was reading some things on Twitter some posts people had they weren't directed at the band but they were just directed at straight edge in general and talking about how you know something along the lines of straight edge kids are um, holier than thou and naive to you know addiction and things like that which um, you know I'm not going to say that all of them aren't like that you know but I think for a lot of at all, and a lot of people, a lot of people that found straight edge found it out of necessity. Yeah, you know, it, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of it. I mean, it's not, it wasn't like you know, I wasn't some rich kid that had life handed to me, you know, and and was like, you know what, I'm just going to be straight edge too, you know. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I found, I, I found straight edge because I mean, my alternative was I was going to be a drug dealer and I was going to be a drug addict. I mean that's the that's the course that was set for me. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's a lot of people's story for as far as I know. So I don't know. 
I get it. I mean, there's, you know, there's definitely straight edge kids out there like anything that are ignorant and act stupid and say dumb things and post stupid stuff and wear shirts that are, I don't know, uh, trying to, you know, incite a, a certain response from people. And yeah, whatever. I mean, we could talk all day about that. <laughs> but I, I think that you know, I think that I think that you know, the culture itself and the reason that it's so important for sect is because. You know, in a lot of ways, it did save our lives. Yeah. You know? And um, and and I think that you know we want to present that as a as a lifestyle for other people that might be looking for some way, or or just some you know because it's like a family. You know, mm. that that was like our all of our second homes. You know, when when home was when home was ugly. You know, you went into the hardcore show and you met friends there and you made new family and and uh, without that. Yeah, it, I, my life would be absolutely different in a in a very negative way. I can say that for sure. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of why I kind of was was drawn to you guys straight off the bat. Like, not only obviously the caliber of people that were were in the band, but because I I saw that there was that straight edge tag to it, that that kind of piqued my interest. As I said, but like being someone that claims edge as well, like yeah. I I know it sounds a bit sort of naff but as soon as i kind of see that tag associated with someone i'm more inclined to kind of check it out so i, th- I kind of think from that aspect for uh, this is just for from for me speaking but it was kind of like a as i mentioned i, I hadn't seen that many newer straight edge bands coming out so when i kind of saw that i was like oh cool and like there's a new band yeah. i can grab hold of something so is that something that you you can't like not saying that you you're going to be sort of the leaders of the straight edge world kind of thing, but is that something that you kind of hope that maybe disgruntled people like myself that weren't seeing a new wave of straight edge bands are able to grab hold of? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know I, I've been lucky enough to be in only vegan straight edge bands. <laughs> yeah. Like I've never, you know, I've never I've never been in a, in a different band. I actually have tried a few times and and found wow, this is not enjoyable you know? <laughs> so you know i've been lucky enough and, and i think that's always been the thing you know you know we've been criticized over the years of bands i've done and people say oh yeah but you're just you know you're just preaching to the converted and but i mean i think it can be two things i mean i think it's educational but i also think it's like a celebration as well you know like if for example for what like what you said i mean you know you've lived you've lived your life straight edge for this long and so when you see other part, you know, somebody in the family doing something new, you get excited about it. Yeah. You know? So, so I think that it's it's two things. You know, it's like you can play the you can play to the to the choir. You can play the show for the people that already already understand your message, and it's a, and it becomes a celebration of the message. You know, and then you can you can do things like play Ozfest and you know play to these people that don't want to hear a damn thing you're saying, and it becomes <laughs> education. You know, so I mean that's kind of the beauty of of the position that we're in because i mean we're here to do two things we're here to have a good time but we're here also to get people thinking as well yeah and if we kind of fast forward to to where we are now so obviously uh no cure for death is as i mentioned earlier is out for about a week or so now but for you you guys as you said you didn't want to kind of rush the record but what was your kind of approach to it because obviously with southern lord now in it as i said that for me the sound of it is a lot sort of I guess it maybe just be the fact that you you kind of worked with Kurt Blue on it. It sounds 
a lot sort of cleaner in aspects. You can hear the HM2 sound a lot more. So what what was your approach going into it? Did you want to kind of step back and sort of look at it as a bigger picture almost? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the first one, we, we literally did it all ourselves. I mean, like Jimmy and I recorded it. Um, we did track drums at a, at a local guy, um, and we're in Raleigh, North Carolina. So we, yeah. we tracked drums at a local guy, this guy Wes, he's awesome. It was just basically in his there and then uh, Jimmy and I mixed it and, and recorded recorded all of it um, and um, yeah everything was done ourselves and uh, and I think so you know when we realized like oh this is yeah this is a lot of fun let's let's do another record I think well, once Southern Lord came on board and we knew that we had the opportunity to maybe um, step it up a notch um, we yeah we you know we talked about who would be the best suited person to record it and yeah, Kurt was the first person that comes to mind. I think just the style, like he's he's he knows it in and out. Yeah. You know? Um. So, uh, luckily, you know, Kurt kind of is in a position where he picks and chooses what he wants to do. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not so sure he would have chose Sex if Chris wasn't our singer because he's worked with Sex in the past. Yeah. And um. So yeah, we were lucky enough to to, to meet the criteria because Chris was in there. <laughs> I mean, we, I've I knew Kurt before Earth Crisis with Converge and um, and you know Jimmy had toured with Converge and Undying and, and stuff like that in the past so we knew him so I don't know I guess we stood maybe a chance yeah. in, but Chris Chris was really the one that sealed the deal on that yeah so. well obviously the the other thing that you've mentioned is obviously that there's a lot of people sort of making the comparisons to to trap them and, and nails which I think is is a kind of a cheap sort of comparison to make but obviously as I've mentioned, that HM2 sound is a lot more prominent in in this record. So was was that something that you wanted to kind of? Because I th- I think I don't know with the self titled it sounded a, a bit more kind of, uh, not power violency but a bit more thrashy. Whereas this one, yeah. there's a lot more sort of tone to it. It's still got that sort of blast beat sound as, and and everything, but the guitars are more prominent in this than uh, in my opinion. So. Was that just something that, for you as a guitarist, wanted to do was make that sound a bit more defined? Yeah, yeah definitely. We, uh, I actually look at it the opposite, but I know what you're saying. Like, I, so the first record, I, co- you know, I come from a world of a very different style of music. I mean, I grew up listening to music along the lines of sect, and some of the first bands that I liked were, you know, early on as a young kid, were along this lines. Like, but I grew up you know, mainly what I've been doing for the last, like, 20 years or so is very tight music. Yeah. So I think when it came time for me to, like, mix the record, we used HM2s on the last record, but I I sort of cleaned them up in a way, you know? I, I Because just my instinct is like, well, I can't hear every note, you know? Yeah. And I can't hear... I want to hear all the stuff that we're doing, you know? So my instinct was to, was to clean them up a little bit. Whereas, like, with this record, it was just, like... I realized that that was a little bit of, in hindsight, I wish I didn't do that on the first one. That, <laughs> yeah. that, wasn't, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't what we were going for. That was just my instincts taking over and not looking at it from the big picture of what this should have sounded like, you know? So when we went and recorded with Kurt, yeah, we were like, okay, it's just going to be full, full on, you know? If things get lost, they get lost. That's what it is, you know? Yeah. Th- that, that's the style that we're playing. Mm. So, yeah, I think, I think, I think the first 
first album was us figuring it out, you know? And I really like it. I mean, I think, you know, I love a lot of the, the songs on there, and I love playing a lot of them live, but the second record, yeah, this record, this is this is who we were striving to be on the first record. Yeah. And something else that I noticed with this record, and again, it might just be the fact that it's being released through Southern Lords, so they've obviously got a duty to kind of push their product, so to say, but there seems to be a lot more sort of buzz and publicity around this record. So, and obviously you, you guys did a music video for it as well, which is another kind of added layer. So what, was that something that you guys subconsciously or, or even consciously wanted to to kind of push the sect name a bit more and get a bit more sort of recognition behind it? Because again, with, with, the, with the self-titled, I think because I was a fan and I seeked it out I was into it but I think a lot of people it might have kind of slid under the radar whereas this record is a lot more in people's faces so was that something that you wanted to do yeah definitely we we you know we're we're very limited in, in touring and all that stuff I mean we can only do you know at best a week here and there and yeah you know like we, we try to hit um you know just places in three days like we'll do the west coast of of the U.S. in three days, and we're doing the East Coast next weekend in three days, and um, that's pretty much how we operate on three-day weekend. And we'll flesh for like a week, and we're hoping to do the same thing again this year. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we figure, you know, with us being so limited, yeah, like press, things like press and online presence is, is going to be a little bit more necessary, I guess, to let people know, hey, we're a band, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> so, yeah, and, and truthfully, we didn't we didn't really want to do that on the first one. I mean, it was very much, the idea was very much like, uh, uh, what's the word for it? Like, you know, grassroots marketing, you know yeah. what I mean? Like word of mouth. Like we just wanted to, like, you know, like a viral video kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. We wanted, to, we wanted to put it out there and just see, like, it was, it was an experiment in a lot of ways. Like, let's, you know, what? how far does word of mouth get someone, you know? And we were actually quite surprised at how far it did get us. I mean, yeah. Honestly, like, I mean, we put it all, you know, we were the ones that go in and shipping records to distributors and all that stuff, and we did all right, you know? I mean, we, we were able to move quite a quite a few of them just mm. on, uh, on, on our word of mouth, you know? But, yeah, this is a totally different thing, and I think especially where, where you are, um, because uh, Lauren... Um, you know that does press for us there yeah has really has really been doing like a lot <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like every day we're like geez who's gonna do this interview you know like it's a lot like i mean the vast majority of our press has been from her yeah so she's doing she's she's fantastic she's doing a great <laughs> job and, um yeah over here we're doing you know we've, we've been surprised by some of the things that have picked us up and stuff but yeah there's been quite a few uk interviews it's yeah <laughs> well one thing I wanted to mention there, you said about sort of like the word of mouth thing. Like I think that kind of also gives credit to you guys because um, I was lucky enough to see you guys play Fluff Festival this year, and obviously that was before this record came out, so it was still kind of off that word of mouth kind of play. And you were headlining the festival, so did you? Do you think that that kind of would ever have happened off the back of word of mouth, so to say? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it goes back to you know maybe one of the earlier questions you asked about our our pedigree of sorts, you know, like where we come from and yeah. our background, and, and I guess that's one of the plus sides of that, you know. I mean, we certainly would be lying if we said uh, 
doors weren't open to us that might not be there for other bands that are just starting out because of things we've done, because of people we know, you know, and, um, yeah, and we're very fortunate for that and appreciative, you know, I mean, like, yeah, getting, getting to play Fluff Fest, um, we were actually really surprised that we were headlining Fluff Fest, um, <laughs> and we actually, tr- and truthfully, we actually tried to get out of headlining Fluff Fest. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, we wanted, we didn't want to play last, I mean, we just didn't feel like we were known enough to be like, you know, a closer for yeah. that show. Um, and honestly, I mean, I think we all left that that show with the same opinion of that was one of the coolest like musical moments that we've ever had. Mm. You know, because um, yeah, I mean, to get up there and be like the new band that we are, and to play, and you know, by the end of the set, I mean, to have. I guess for lack of a better term, feel like we had one people over, you know, like it was, it was definitely like more people were coming as we were playing as time went on. And then, you know, we, we played, we played all of our songs. People wanted us to play more. So we played all these like brand new songs that we had just recorded literally the week before. And people, they were like the craziest responses of the entire set, you know, yeah. we were like, what, what just happened? I mean, I don't know that, I don't know that things like that happen very often, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was awesome, man. It, you know, playing that fluff set was definitely one of the coolest things that I think all of us said that we had ever done musically. And fluff is always great. It's just such a cool. It's just such a cool festival, and the organizers are so great, and they just do they do it perfectly. I yeah, like every year. I mean, it's exactly what a festival should be. They yeah. do it perfectly. So it's an honor to always play it, and then to get that response at it was was extra. You know. Perfect. Um, Scott, I'm just going to sort of round things off a little bit. So how I like to, to end these little chats is um, to ask who I'm talking to what their favourite song is that, that they play. Um, but rather than it just being your favourite sect song, um, what is the favourite sect song that you play live and why? Oh, I think, I mean, I think Sinking, you know, it's the last song on the first record. Yeah. Have to be. Um, I just, it's different than than all of our other songs. You know, well, there's a couple. There's a couple on the new album that are similar, but on that record, it's very different. Yeah, like it, it, it's, a, it's a little bit of a shift in gear, and I also just really like um, the lyrics for it. I mean, Chris is like, um, he's just awesome. I mean, his lyrics are so great, and they're so like honest and genuine, but like poetic and and well written, and just it, it's really a pleasure to play with him and. and and, you know, the talk that he, you know, he sort of says a very similar thing every night before it, but it's always, it never feels um, rehearsed or, it always, I can tell it's always honest yeah. when he says it. And I, uh, yeah, I just really like playing the song. It, it, it just, it, it changes the setup. It's just, a, it's just a really good song. Like, Jimmy wrote that song, and uh, I remember when he, when he came to, over my house to work it out, I was like, man, this is very different than the other songs, but it's awesome yeah Yeah, i i really love that playing that song live perfect scott thank you very much for your time i really appreciate it and as i said album is incredible and i hope to see you guys back over on our side of the water sometime soon thank you yeah i hope to see you soon it was a pleasure talking to you tim perfect take care scott cheers
So there we have it, folks. A massive thank you to Scott for taking the time to talk to me. Um, unfortunately, due to like time difference, the only time that I could catch him was 1am here in the UK, which I think was worked out like 8pm their time. I don't know. But yeah, it was totally worth it. There was a few technical difficulties at the start, but we got through it. Really enjoyed the chat with Scott and really grateful for him taking the time to, to chat with me. Um, as always, you can keep up to date with what Sector doing on various social media platforms. Uh, on Facebook, is forward slash uh, SectXVX. Uh, and Twitter and Instagram is the same, at SectXVX. Um, I'll put the links in the description and stuff. It's easier for you guys to do it that way. Uh, but you can also listen to uh, the band's new album, No Cure for Death, over on Bandcamp. If you visit sectsl.bandcamp.com, again, put the link in the description. But I rec really recommend going and checking it out. It's fucking hits hard. It's such a good album. Um, and I think in total it like ramps up for like just under 30 minutes. Probably less than that, to be honest. But yeah, it's it's rad as hell. So I really recommend going, going and checking that out. Um, you can also keep up to date with what we're doing here on the show. Uh, visit us on Twitter as at just underscore and underscore insight. Uh, use the hashtag JAIPod if you want to get my attention. Uh, also, you can send us a little email. It's just underscore and underscore insight at hotmail.co.uk. Um, that's it for another week. Uh, next week, I'll be back with Maidenhead 5-piece uh, sibling, who I realised didn't mention in the intro, but I saw them guys on Wednesday uh, when they supported Daisyhead in Southampton, that was really cool, uh, sibling vocalist Benny O uh, is actually a friend of mine for years ago, I haven't, hadn't seen him in a while before this show, so it's really cool to catch up with him and, sit and see his new band, what he's doing, because I've always loved his voice, so it was, it was really nice to kind of catch them guys as well, um, but for now ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening to the Justin Inside podcast, and I will see you soon. <laughs> <laughs>